Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from 9.15 or so to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we are continuing our reading in... Uh, chapter 1 of text, which is Introduction to Miracles, with section 1, Principles of Miracles. And we'll be reading, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll be reading paragraphs, or, uh, <laughs> we'll be reading paragraphs 39 through 49, which is Miracle Principles 29 through 35. Okay, and uh, at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson. Lesson four, these thoughts do not mean anything. And again, um, we will ask, I will ask now or later for that time if there is anyone who would like to assist by uh, <laughs> leading the remembrance of that last okay let's see is the point at which I normally turn to Lori for an opening I think I have found something appropriate to uh, what it is we do here. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. This is this is Mindy. I'd be willing to do it. Oh, okay. Thank, Thank you, you, Mindy. Would you like to read this morning, Mindy, as well? Um. No, actually not, because I have to attend to a few things until 10. Um, but I, do, I, would, I would do one. I have one request. I just read le- the lesson previous to this, which was very confusing. I'd like to know if we could start to the one number right before what's assigned today. And I'd be very happy to read that, <laughs> if you'd like, otherwise. Okay, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you <laughs> what you just oh, I pulled there. up yesterday's yesterday's okay. lesson and uh-huh. read the very last one. Something told me to make sure I read the very last one and found it to be worth reviewing because it was somewhat confusing. 
And uh, my request was going to be, could we go back just one? And I have it up. People won't be able to read it if they're, you know, using the the um, app on the phone. But just a request. It doesn't have to be honored. Okay. Well, um, this is primarily a text call. So for the lessons, we've been reviewing through lesson. We've been using the review summary summary that's in lesson 51. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say lesson? I meant, I meant the, the principle, the miracle principle just before the one we're going to start with today, which was um, very confusing. It was 38 and very long and very meaty. And I just know for me when I read it, it needed a reread. And I would like to offer to read that before we start the regular normal reading lesson. I apologize if I'm confusing and taking up time. That's what I wanted, just to do the miracle principle before okay. the one, the one we did yesterday, the last one. All right. Um, <clears throat> I, I think in in interest of of uh, what you've asked, and and because that is something I had actually planned to do was go back one and reread. Great. One. As a lead-in, um, read more in the lead-in. I'm not sure why. Thanks. But, okay. All right. In order to get a little more back in the flow of the, what we normally do, I'm going to read uh, a poem. I started a poem, became lyrics to a song. It's by uh, <clears throat> a Native American who's generally considered a visionary. Um, John Trudell. Spoken word artist. Okay, and uh, this poem's called These Memories. And uh, the first stanza. In the reality of many realities, how we see what we see affects the quality of our reality. We are children of earth and sky, DNA, descendant, now ancestor, human being, physical spirit, bone, flesh, blood, as spirit, metal, mineral, water, as spirit. We are in time and space, but we are from beyond time and space. The past is part of the present. The future is part of the present. Life and being are interwoven. We are the DNA of Earth, Moon, Planet, Stars. We are related to the universal. Creator created creation. created creator, creating creation. Spirit and intelligence with clarity, being and human as power. We are part of the memories of evolution. These memories carry knowledge. These memories carry our identity beneath race, gender, class, age, beneath citizen, business, state, 
religion. We are human beings, and these memories are trying to remind us. Human beings, human beings, it's time to rise up, remember who we are. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Lemoyne. You're welcome. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. I really like that. I did too. Yeah. It's it's much better when he does <laughs> as part of a song. Uh, but yeah. That's it. The beautiful descant in the background. Simply, we are. And then they think we are human beings. So, much background. Okay, um, let me go through the reading list here. I have uh, Donna, um, Karen, Jessica, Lana. Diana and uh, Mindy, do you want to read the paragraph that we completed with yesterday? Yes, that would be lovely. Okay. Right. 38. Okay. Revelation. Uh, Before you start. Let me ask, is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to to say good morning Mm -hmm. or fun reading list? Okay. Um, And I think in my question, I missed the people who are listening. I have listening. I have Patricia and Micah may read, but maybe like. Put him on the bottom. Okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> let, I'll start with 38, and if you would like, Mindy, then you can read 38 and 39. All right. And paragraph. Okay. 38. Revelation. Yes. From. <laughs> let me read just the one, and then you can reread it. All right. Uh, follow our usual pattern. Um, paragraph 38, Revelation unites souls directly with God. Miracles unite souls directly with each other. Neither emanates from consciousness, but both are experienced there. This is essential since consciousness is the state which produces action, though it does not inspire it. Man is free to believe what he chooses, and what he does attests to what he believes. The deeper levels of his subconscious always contain the impulse of miracles, but he is free to fill its more superficial levels, which are closer to consciousness, with the impulses of this world and to identify himself with them. This results in denying himself access to the miracle level underneath. In conscious actions, then, 
his relationships also become superficial and miracle-inspired relating becomes possible. Thirty-eight. Revelation unites souls directly with God. Miracles unite souls directly with each other. Neither emanates from consciousness, but both are experienced there. This is essential since consciousness is the state which produces action, though it does not inspire it. Man is free to believe what he chooses, and what he does attests to what he believes. The deeper levels of his subconscious always contain the impulse to miracles, but he is free to fill its more superficial levels, which are closer to consciousness, with the impulses of this world and to identify himself with them. This results in denying himself access to the miracle level underneath. In conscious actions, then, his relationships also become superficial, and miracle-inspired relating becomes impossible. And would you read the 39, Mindy? Paragraph 39. Yeah. I am using my phone, so I am just bumping it up this moment. Here we are. 39. Oh, well, I guess I'm going to have to let you do that because I'm back to 29. <laughs> Pressed the wrong place on the phone. Thank you, Lemoyne. I'm still trying to find it. Oh, excuse me. Um, excuse me. I was on mute. I'll do. I'll do that. This would be like a what the normal start. Would be. Don't you mean twenty nine? Oh, I see. Where I here we are. Here we are. Miracles are a way of learning, earning release from fear. One more time. Miracles are a way of earning release from fear. Revelation induces a state in which fear has already been abolished. Miracles are thus a means, and revelation is an end. In this sense, they work together. Miracles do not depend on revelation. They induce it. Revelation is intensely personal and cannot actually be translated into conscious content at all. That is why any attempt to describe it in words is usually incomprehensible. Revelation induces only experience. Miracles, on the other hand, induce interpersonal action. Interpersonal in brackets. Miracles, on the other hand, introduce interpersonal action. Miracles are more useful now because of their impersonal nature. In this phase of learning, working miracles is more important because freedom from fear cannot be thrust upon you. All right, thank you. Okay, and Donna, would you please read the paragraph 39 through 41, including the principal number? 
paragraph 29, I mean 39. Miracle 29. Miracles are a way of earning release from fear. 40. Revelation induces a state in which fear has already been abolished. Miracles are thus a means, and revelation is the end, is an end. In this sense, they work together. That was in quotes or whatever. Miracles do not depend on revelation. They induce it. Revelation is intensely personal and cannot actually be translated into conscious content at all. That is why any attempt to describe it in words is usually incomprehensible. Revelation induces only experience. Miracles, on the other hand, induce interpersonal action. Miracles are more useful now because of their impersonal nature. In this phase of learning, working miracles is more important because freedom from fear cannot be thrust upon you. 41. Miracle Principle 30. Miracles praise God through men. They praise God by honoring his creations, affirming their perfection. They heal because they deny body identification and affirm soul identification. By perceiving the spirit, they adjust levels and see them in proper alignment. This places the spirit at the center where the souls can communicate directly. Thank you, Donna. And Karen. Paragraph 41. Miracle Principle 30. Miracles praise God through men. They praise God by honoring his creations and affirming their perfection. They heal because they deny body identification and affirm soul identification. By perceiving the spirit, they adjust the levels and see them in proper alignment. This places the spirit at the center where souls can communicate directly. Paragraph 42, Miracle Principle 31. Miracles should inspire gratitude, not awe. Man should thank God for what he really is. The children of God are very holy, and the miracle honors their holiness. Thank you, Karen. <clears throat> and Jessica. Thanks, Lemoyne. Uh, miracle Principle 31, Paragraph 42. Miracles should inspire gratitude, not awe. Man should thank God for what he really is. 
The children of God are very holy, and the miracle honors their holiness. Paragraph 43, God's creations never lose their holiness, although it can be hidden. The miracle uncovers it and brings it into the light where it belongs. Holiness can never be really hidden in darkness, but man can deceive himself about it. This illusion makes him fearful because he knows in his heart it is an illusion and he exerts enormous efforts to establish its reality. The miracle sets reality where it belongs. Eternal reality belongs only to the soul and the miracle acknowledges only the truth. It thus dispels man's illusions about himself and puts him in communion with himself and God. Thank you, Jessica. And Lana. Okay, paragraph 43. God's creations never lose their holiness, although it can be hidden. The miracle uncovers it and brings it into the light where it belongs. Holiness can never really, I'm sorry, holiness can never be really hidden in darkness, but man can deceive himself about it. This illusion makes him fearful because he knows in his heart it is an illusion and he exerts enormous effort to establish its reality. The miracle sets reality where it belongs. Eternal reality belongs only to the soul, and the miracle acknowledges only the truth. It thus dispels man's illusions about himself and puts him in communion with himself and God. Paragraph 44, Miracle Principle 32. Christ inspires all miracles, which are really intercessions. They intercede for man's holiness and make his perceptions holy. By placing him beyond the physical laws, they raise him into the sphere of celestial order. In this order, man is perfect. Thank you, Lana. And Diana. Good morning. Paragraph 32. Miracle Principle 44. Christ inspires all miracles, which are really intercessions. They intercede for man's holiness and make his perceptions holy. By placing him beyond the physical laws, they raise him into the sphere of celestial order. In this order, man is perfect. 45. 
The soul never loses its communion with God. Only the mind needs atonement. The miracle joins in the atonement of Christ by placing the mind in the service of the spirit. This establishes the proper function of the mind and corrects its errors. Thank you, Diana. And okay. I'd like to read now. Okay. Uh, who did you say the mic? Oh, I asked if you were ready to read now, Micah. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't hear you. Um, sure, I could read. Uh, so uh, that was paragraph forty-five. Forty-five. Yeah. Okay. The soul never loses its communion with God. Only the mind needs atonement. The miracle joins in the atonement of Christ by placing the mind in the service of the spirit. This establishes the proper function of the mind and corrects its errors. Paragraph 46, Principle 33. Miracles honor man because he is lovable. They dispel illusions about him and perceive the light in him. They thus atone for his errors by freeing him from his own nightmares. They release him from a prison in which he has imprisoned himself. And by freeing his mind from illusions... They restore his sanity. Man's mind can be possessed by illusions, but his spirit is eternally free. If a mind perceives without love, it perceives an empty shell and is unaware of the spirit within it. But the atonement restores the soul to its proper place. The mind that serves the spirit is invulnerable. Uh, thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader who would like to uh, continue by reading Miracle Principle 33 and start 34? A new reader or paragraph forty six and forty seven. Patricia here. Okay. Thirty three. Miracles honor man because he is lovable. They dispel illusions about him and perceive the light in him. They thus atone for his errors by freeing him from his own nightmares. They release him from a prison in which he has imprisoned himself. And by freeing his mind from illusions, they restore his sanity. 
Man's mind can be possessed by illusions, but his spirit, his spirit is eternally free. If a man perceives without love, it perceives an empty shell. If a mind perceives without love, it perceives an empty shell and is unaware of the spirit within it. But the atonement restores the soul to its proper place. The mind that serves the spirit is invulnerable. 34. Miracles restore the soul to its fullness. By atoning for lack, they establish perfect protection. The strength of the soul leaves no room for intrusions. The forgiven are filled with the soul and they forgive in return. It is the duty of the release to release their brothers. And thank you, uh, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> Is there another new reader who would uh, enjoy reading onward through Principle 34, 47, and 48? Another new reader? Okay. Um, back to you, Mindy. Oh, actually, I'll be reading. Uh, I won't be reading until the workbook lesson. Thank you. Okay. Um, fine. You pass anytime. And uh, just as a note, I'm trying not to try not to mute anyone unless I'm getting background noise, and and it seems to be interrupting. And I will uh, then mute and try to remember to, to unmute you. You can mute your star stick or, or your phone's mute. That's two. Thank you. I am going to because I interjected that. <laughs> I'm going to reread 33 before we go on. Uh, Principle 33, miracles honor man because he is lovable. They dispel illusions about him and perceive the light in him. They thus atone for his errors. They thus atone for his errors by freeing him from his own nightmares. They release him from a prison in which he has imprisoned himself. 
and by freeing his mind from illusion, they restore his sanity. Man's mind can be possessed by illusion, but his spirit is eternally free. If a mind perceives without love, it perceives an empty shell and is unaware of the spirit within it. But the atonement restores the soul to its proper place. The mind that serves the spirit is in common. Okay, and uh, is there a new reader for 47 and 48, Miracle Principle 34? Another new reader? No? Okay, uh, back to you, Donna. Miracle Principle 34. <clears throat> Paragraph 47, Miracle Principle 34. Miracles restore, re, miracles restore the soul to its fullness. By atoning for lack, they establish perfect protection. The strength of the soul leaves no room for intrusions. The forgiven are filled with the soul, and they forgive in return. It is the duty of the released to release their brothers. 48. The forgiven are the means of atonement. Those released by Christ must join in releasing their brothers. For this is the plan of the atonement. Miracles are the way in which minds can serve the spirit unite miracles are the way in which minds which serve the spirit unite with Christ for the salvation are release of all God's creations. Thank you, Donna. And Karen? Paragraph 48. The forgiven are the means of atonement. Those released by Christ must join in releasing their brothers, for this is the plan of the atonement. Miracles are the way in which minds which serve the Spirit unite with Christ for the salvation or release of all God's creation. Paragraph 49, Miracle Principle 35. Miracles are expressions of love, but it does not follow that they will always be effective. I am the only one who can perform miracles indiscriminately because I am the atonement. You have a role in the atonement, which I will dictate to you. Ask me which miracles you should perform. This spares you exhaustion because you will act under direct communication. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica, would you um, just read the principle 35? Thank you. Principle 35, 
Miracles are expressions of love, but does not follow that they will be effective. I am the only one who can perform miracles indiscriminately because I am the atonement. You have a role in the atonement, which I will dictate to you. Ask me which miracles you should perform. This spares you exhaustion because you will act under direct communication. Thank you, Jessica. Well, I looked at uh, trying to do a a summary of this reading, and I thought, I'll just read all the sentences of miracle in. But if I include the ones where it's the miracle is it or miracles or they, it's essentially the reading. So, how <laughs> much of a summer. Um, there, is a, there is a couple other themes here. One is in Purin 40. Um, the difference or distinction between revelation and miracle. So, from 40, revelation induces a state in which fear has already been abolished. Miracles are thus a means and revelation an end. Miracles do not depend on revelation they, the miracles, induce it. Revelation is intensely personal and cannot actually be translated into conscious content at all. That's why any attempt to describe it in words is usually incomprehensible. Revelation induces only experience. And uh, the other theme through here is is holiness. And uh, atonement. So I think that the the miracle thus dispels man's illusion about himself. They intercede, the miracles intercede for man's holiness and make his perception holy. By placing him beyond the physical laws, they raise him into the sphere of celestial order. In this order, man is perfect. That's from 44, also from 32. The soul never loses its communion with God. Only the mind needs atonement. The miracle joins in the atonement of Christ by placing the mind in the service of the spirit. This establishes the proper function of the mind and corrects its error. 46 
the atonement restores the soul to its proper place. The mind that serves the spirit is invulnerable. Now from the last two paragraphs of the day, the forgiven are the means of atonement. Those released by Christ must join in releasing their brothers, for this is the plan of the atonement. Miracles are the way in which minds which serve the Spirit unite with Christ for the salvation or relief of all God's creation. And I'll try to read 49. Um, changing the pronoun. Put it in first person. Uh, plural. <laughs> okay. Miracles are expressions of love, but it does not follow they will be effective. The Holy Trinity is the only one who can perform miracles indiscriminately because it is the atonement. You have a, we, excuse me, we have a role in the atonement which God will dictate to us. Ask God which miracles you should perform. This bears us exhaustion because we will act under direction. But I hope that improved understanding rather than muddying up. But uh, okay, I will stop there, and uh, I will ask Mindy, are you prepared now to uh, lead us in remembering lesson four? Oh yes, it's ten oh six already. Okay, Um, sure. And I would love to have a discussion at some point after this about what we just discussed. Okay, thank you. Um, First, I will say just a little bit about the introduction, just a a couple of things that stuck out in my mind. And that is that all we need to do is read and participate in our lessons. And it does not matter if we understand the lesson. It does not matter even if we don't like the lesson <laughs> or even if we actively resist the lesson. As long as we do it, that is all that is required. And it didn't say this in here, but learning does happen. For Even if the conscious mind resists, the soul years <laughs> and a seed is planted. So with that, I would like to go to lesson four. Lesson four is, these thoughts do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place. Unlike the preceding lessons, these exercises do not begin with the idea for the day. In these practice periods, begin with noting the thoughts that are crossing your mind for about a minute. Then apply the idea to them. If you are already aware of unhappy thoughts, use them as subjects for the idea. 
Do not, however, select only the thoughts you think are quote-unquote bad. You will find, if you train yourself to look at your thoughts, that they represent such a mixture that, in a sense, none of them can be called good or bad. This is why they do not mean anything. In selecting the subjects for the application of today's idea, the usual specificity is required. Do not be afraid to use good thoughts as well as bad. None of them represents your real thoughts, which are being covered up by them. The good ones of which you are aware are but shadows of what lies beyond, and shadows make sight difficult. The bad ones are blocks of sight and make seeing impossible, and you do not want either. In conclusion, this is a major exercise. We recognize what is the same and what is different. And if we can use our thoughts, an application for the idea for today, simply identify each thought by the central figure or event it contains. For example, when a thought does come up, as it comes up in the moment that we are thinking them, state, this thought about blank does not mean anything. It is like the things I see in this room or wherever you happen to be. This thought about blank does not mean anything. It is like the things I see in this room. So, for a moment, we will look at our thoughts and we will do our best to have suspension of judgment um, of the thoughts, whether bad or good, or any kind of judgment at all. And just spend a moment now to be with our thoughts and repeating the phrase, these thoughts do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room. Let's take a moment now and do that. Lesson four, these thoughts do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room. Thank you, Mindy. Oh, thank you, Mindy. You did a really good job. Thank you. You're Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you.
I would like to say that I have normally found this lesson to be challenging because I have always given my thoughts, well, you would say profundity, <laughs> thinking they truly do mean something. And um, so I'm very blessed to, to actually do this particular lesson. And um, I know it says only do it a few times, but I definitely, because I've done the course so many times, I'm willing to be made aware of when I have an especially insane thought <laughs> that I buy into and repeat the lesson. This thought does not mean anything. It is like the things I see in this room, which have no meaning, which I've given all the meaning to, and which I do not understand. The thought has no meaning. I've given it all the meaning it has, and I do not understand it. So this thought does not mean anything. I like it. <laughs> the more I say it, the more I like it. Bless resistance I am. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Mindy. I This is Lana. I remember once, um, oh, this was a long time ago, uh, before even I started doing the course, but I was in, I don't know if any of you guys remember, uh, the S training, and the seminar leader was trying to explain to us that our thoughts weren't real and um, they didn't mean anything. And he and he said it in a really cool way. He said, if you think you are your thoughts, then who is the one listening to it? <laughs> and I think that was the first time I considered the idea or uh, there was a difference between my thoughts and the ones listening to and the one listening to them. And it put it in a context where I could hold my thoughts as not being real. I'm just the one listening to them. So anyhow, that was helpful, and this lesson always reminds me of that. I'm complete. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this is Lemoyne. Uh, thanks, Mindy, for touching in on the introduction uh, because it's very clear about, you know, you don't, you don't have to like the idea. You don't have to believe it. You, t you don't have to uh, have to try to make it real. Uh, the, the lesson is is just there to practice. And the key thing in practice is to not exclude anything, right? And so <clears throat> it's, it's like the real message for each of us. This is an individualized curriculum, right? The real message of these thoughts do not mean anything is our reaction to it. And we start to see what we've given more meaning than uh, what text might call an idle thought. Um, uh, you know, we've given it way more meaning than all other thoughts. And, you know, what makes that thought special is usually some measure of bad or good. And it, it's like the indiscriminate, bad, good, all of it. Just apply the lesson. 
because I, and I get this, it's not that the message is the message that our thoughts don't mean anything. The real message is our reaction message. These thoughts do not mean anything. And that's um, the meaning it has for us in this early part of the course, which is trying to point out the blocks to the awareness of what's present. Thank you, Lemoy. Thank you. Thanks, Lemoyne. Yeah. Thank you, Lemoyne. Well, um, I'm tempted to, uh, I've been, uh, I don't know, temptation, but just say the floor is open. But before I do, because it's it already is, uh, anyway, on the floor, but, but before I do, I, I think this may be a good, a good point to, um, Consider and remember, uh, you know, those of us who, those who aren't here this morning, meaning Fran and Lori, and uh, perhaps instead of uh, instead of just you know trying to send them thoughts that we just spend a moment thinking about them and then recognize that that the thoughts that we have are not what's real, but they're like the miracle. They point at the source behind which... uh, our dear uh, Fran and Laurie are so well. Okay. 
a moment within the lesson to consider. And remember, Fran and Lori. Hmm. You mean as whole and complete, yes? Yes. As, as yeah. With us, as with us, even though they do not appear that they are. Yeah. Good morning. This is Patricia giving a story of what happened when we were reading number 35. I'll share that dedicated to Fran and Lori, this story to Fran and Lori and all of us, that my day be a dedication to the two of you and all of those we know are discovering the perfection in us. So that paragraph 35, miracles are expressions of love, but it does not follow that they will always be effective. I am the only one who can perform miracles. So here was my example of that when I said to this one, okay, you're going to perform the miracle. So direct communication, tell me what I should be doing in the doing. Because there's Patricia here to do, and I'm asking you, dear Christ, how will you perform this miracle? And so the story is this. I'm trying to make sure. I had been away for eight years from the farm on my home ground, and I've just returned after eight years. Well, it's a long dirt road in the country. Beautiful, beautiful hilltop place. As woodlands and lots of trees. So to identify the post office built a big box with 13 boxes for, to deposit mail out upon the paved road. So there's a big box there with 13 little boxes and all the package boxes, everything big, professional mailbox. And eight years it had gotten all moldy and dark and it looked like the old weeds had grown over it. People were still getting their mail and it was getting delivered, but here Patricia's looking at this and saying, okay, Christ, here's an example of a, a practice. I want that box uh, to be that brilliant, shining white box of 13 slots that can be seen. How do I do it without me being the one? 
And it was the funniest thing I ever got to do, you guys, because I left that as a total question. And then a few days later in my prayers and the curriculum I got, every time you pick up mail, I want you to take one little paper towel with some vinegar water and just slightly rub wherever you can touch that big box. Day by day, there were these tiny little sparkles of white that started coming up. This is like about six feet wide and about four feet high. This is a big, big commercial post office box. And the dark was very slowly releasing itself. And it took, I don't know, because I don't measure when it's direct transmission. I do it in a way nobody sees. Not by my mind, but direction. And I stay in the wonder of it because there's no interest in the outcome. There's only the light and doing something that nobody sees but me and the Christ. And so now I'll tell you, there are a few people that sort of know me and they sort of smile and say, my God, it's amazing how brilliant that box is at the end of the road. And it's a wonder how it just turned out to be so white and bright again to pick up my mail. I don't say anything, and you guys are the first ones that helped me realize this story. The friend and Lori, thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, this is Donna. I had a prayer that speaks to truth, and it just fell on the paper here, so I do the best I can with it. Fran and Lori and all souls are in God. Jesus is with each of them and us. Holy Spirit is accomplishing God's perfect will for us. Each soul that is walking in unity with us, with Jesus, with Holy Spirit, and are walking in unity because unity is the capital letters, R-E-S-T, the rest of God. We rest with him us and all in holy perfection. And this would be the kind of prayer that Lori would see and read. So praise God that, amen. Thank you, Donna. Hi, this is Donna. Would you, is, is Lori sick? I know what Fran's situation is. But um, where's Larry today? Because I came in on the call maybe after you shared that little mine. 
Um, actually, I didn't. I didn't share it uh, today. She spoke about it yesterday, <clears throat> and perhaps, um, you know. So for anyone who wasn't here, missed the call yesterday. She's going to have a, a, a procedure to attempt to relieve the pain. Yeah, but lower. Okay. Oh, thank you. That's kind of. She, I guess, she was a nurse for quite a while, active, you know, a lot of time on pavement. Um, <clears throat> hard, hard floor, and uh, yeah, occupational hazard. I kept thinking yesterday where the line was. Uh, there was there was a line about uh, healing themselves, right? It came up the thing of healers healing themselves, and uh, <laughs> it just kept coming up for me. Doctors heal your nurses, <laughs> you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, I think. Thank you. Did you say, excuse me, hon, this is Patricia, did you say a medical procedure is going yes. for? Okay. Yeah, just this So morning. they're both just, in. All right. Okay. Just for one day or for I, I believe it's an outpatient thing, you know. They'll oh, okay. procedure. It should relieve the pain, and then, then she'll get up and walk out of there without pain. Okay. Oh, so this is just a, a absent one day type thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for oh. clarification. Because friends sense like it's not a one-day thing. But, Lori, it's just uh, today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. LeMoyne, I love that perfect prayer. If that isn't a miracle prayer, I don't know what is. That's just great. Thank you for that. I'd like divine light action taking place now and Lori and Fran, body, mind, spirit, and soul, so that the highest good is made manifest for all. So it is. Amen. Amen. And you know, <clears throat> this is always a special time of learning. I've, I've noticed for myself with bodily issues. If it weren't for the bodily issues, I'm not sure that I really would have turned the spirit. So this is kind of a Mindy, crash course. Mindy. In, <laughs> in, uh, Mindy, you're a bit muffled. Acknowledging, Mindy. encompassing, integrating, and using course material. So I see this as an opportunity for both of them mm-hmm. to deepen their connection with these principles. Um, yeah, I agree. This is a this is the per a perfect you know what's in our present moment experience is the place to apply it. I agree, uh, but I do want I do try and I want to say again, Mindy, you were a bit muffled that time, kind of as if your thumb was on the mic or something. Anyway, thanks for thanks for that.
this is Donna, that both the lesson and the reading today uh, drew to my mind the word consciousness foremost, but also also the word mind. Uh, I would I would like to pull out two things from the lesson first. Um, it says what I call my thoughts, namize and quote and thoughts. And the note I made over it last year was my thoughts are madness. And then I am willing to recognize that my thoughts and that that um where my thoughts is mentioned again, because of the um, light I've gotten on consciousness, which I must have gotten last year but didn't see understand that's what I did. So my thoughts means I have no mind that thinks. So consciousness, what we call our mind, is consciousness. And that aspect of our being does not think. Mind, the word mind and the brain are a knockoff of our, uh, of our true uh, quote-unquote mind, which is consciousness, which is the Christ consciousness. So here in the illusion and the dream, we have three things happening. We have the Christ consciousness, which is ever available to us, and is our truth of being. And uh, fortunately, we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit to help us uh, come to understand that. Then we have this mind that we have made up in this illusion world, people like to call the ego. And I like to per- refer to it as just uh, self-confirmatory ideation. We have this dream picture of ourselves, and we keep wanting to confirm that. And that's, that's um, and it's free will which we confirm, our Christ self or the self-confirmatory ideation individual, <clears throat> that the dream is maintained by what it thinks. So, so the idea of... Um, uh, there's a man's mind up at the top of... Well, anyway, in, in uh, paragraph 46, man's mind can be possessed by illusions. But his spirit is eternally free. So the consciousness does, does not think. It's a, a, it's a repository. It's a clearinghouse. It's the place where Christ's thoughts come in and where this illusions uh, belief system thinking comes in. And each time... Our consciousness, which is more like a computer than anything else, or an assembly line where when something goes down that's supposed to be a tomato and it's an apple, something backs it out off the line. So the consciousness is the place of choice. It's the place where free will gets to be activated and do what it wants to do. So free will, we have the choice. Each time, uh, each time this consciousness starts having a conversation with itself, I'm going to go to the store. No, should I go to the store? Shouldn't I? I don't know, what should I do here? Hmm. That all that dialogue 
is the illusion unfolding. So, but when, and that, I guess that's why Jesus talks about we have to be a little, little bit purified. When we begin to understand, and this lesson also confirmed, uh, or the reading also confirmed that for me today, um, who I am. When we, when we decide, I am soul or I am body. And if we decide I am Christ consciousness and I am soul, we don't have to deny the body necessarily. But just by holding that authentic addition of ourself as Christ and soul, it, it, it really lets Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we have allowed space instead of blocking the, the Christ consciousness from, from using our, the consciousness we have here and what seems to be the separation, uh, which it only seems to be because we're all really already with God perfect, um, uh, so in 31, in p- paragraph 42, Miracle 31, it says, miracles should inspire gratitude, not all. Man should thank God for what he really is. Man should thank God for what man really is. So, This is what I hold on to. I am Christ. I can go off on any tangent I want in my human quote-unquote mind that does not exist and the body that the Holy Spirit is now using to to walk me out of that. So he uses my consciousness and my body to walk me out of this illusion of hell, which I continue to walk in because I believe in it. And one more thing, down in paragraph 46, miracle 43, miracles honor man because he is lovable. They dispel illusions about him and perceive the light in him. Well, I circled that illusions and put belief in because this is how I can understand what an illusion is. Miracles honor man because he is lovable. They dispel beliefs about him and that then let let him proceed the light in him so i got i've got a lot out of this i thank mindy for going back to 38 because uh that really uh that's the place where i started looking better at consciousness because it always troubles me um with the brain don't do nothing and uh the, the mind is an illusion of an ego or of what I call self-confirmatory ideation where I'm choosing the, this ridiculous world that I uh, dwell in or God's kingdom. So I'm grateful for that. I got a lot of light uh, and praise the Lord for that and thank you. Thank God. Well, thank you, Donna. <clears throat> I, I understand the the thing that um, <laughs> is okay, and the, what we didn't touch on 
is the summary for the lesson um, in Lesson 51. And uh, it, it says this, the thoughts of which I am aware do not mean anything because I am trying to think without God. What I call my thoughts are not my real thoughts. My real thoughts are the thoughts I think with God. <clears throat> and there's more there. Um, and it ends with my thoughts, my, quote, quotes, my thoughts, thoughts we think alone, we think we think of, <laughs> we think we're thinking private thought. My thoughts are meaningless, but all creation lies in the thoughts I think with God. And it occurs to me this morning to say even the thoughts that we have, a, you have a thought and it's like, dang, that was just mean, erroneous. You know, I don't know this. I'm pushing that you see that this is a thought that's held in place by belief in it <laughs> as real. And it's like just the, just the belief, you know, there's not any, any, uh, real knowledge through connection or even, you know, you can see that the evidence that I would hold the thought up with actually could be viewed in another way and mean something entirely different. And and I think two things are are, are worthwhile bringing up here. What, he's, what this initial part, and in fact the whole, uh, a lot of the work, here is to, um, to get us to understand that we're not the dream. We are the dreamer of the dream, right? In illusion, that's that we have, this is what he described today, that we imprison ourselves in thoughts that we hold on to as belief. And they limit our world and prevent connection. But I want to speak also that there's no cause for fear and judgment here. Even those thoughts which attempt to re replace God, they go towards the miracle layer underneath. The, the issue here is that they stop with our beliefs and they don't actually pierce through that subconscious um, direct that we've accumulated um, this does go, does go back to what you mentioned, 38, right? The deeper levels of our, everyone's subconscious always contain the impulse of miracle. And the, the issue is that we build the more superficial levels of the subconscious, which are closer to consciousness, with the impulses of this world and identify ourselves with those. And that results in denying access to the miracle level underneath. Um, so, it is the thoughts that we think with God that pierce that veil that we, yeah, may have even started with, <laughs> but certainly have strengthened through the practices fear and judgment. And, yeah. So, uh, they, even though the thoughts, I think, alone do not mean anything, 
I can actually recognize that they are pointing, perhaps pointing in the right direction and just falling short and uh, falling short the glory that is the holiness that we share. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne, and thank you, Donna. This is Ida. Um, I wasn't on the call. I was, unfortunately, I was having a hard time with just what you were talking about, feeling judgment. And I was anxious when I was trying to call friends and neighbors and family. I didn't actually talk to a neighbor for a little while. She was telling me about how water stood. When I said that was one of the things I was anxious about, like she, um, but I didn't care because I just about trying to correct her or whatever because it was I just wanted to connect with her. I just wanted to connect with someone, you know, and um, and then you know back to that with my boyfriend for a while and uh, dad and um I. Um, but then, you know, at some point I got into a place where I was feeling guilty. And I wasn't even sure what I was feeling guilty about because it didn't seem like, you know, this morning or whatever, I did anything wrong, except that maybe it was, I was having thoughts that I didn't think with God. And I was having punishment thoughts for them, like she's, you know, about the way I was dressed and whatever. It was almost like, my mother and my grandfather, um, grandmother, a long time ago, as a kid. I'm having a hard time understanding you. Could you get off of speakerphone? It's muffling or distorting you. Yes, your your share is important, and I can't understand the words, honey. Yes. Oh. Or just move the phone from your mouth a little, and then tell us okay. the main things again, if you would. Okay. Well, the main thing is having fear. Anxiety this morning. I was before I. It's still not working. Working. Not working. Bye. I'll I'll call. Thanks. Bye. Please do, Ida. Yes, Ida. I was able to pick up on the word guilt in your sharing. (laughs) Um, You know. Uh, guilt is um, is a tool that the ego thought system uses often. And what's helpful to me is, um, you know, when I go to bed at night and I have dreams, I don't feel guilty about what I said or did during that dream. And um, in the same way, uh, guilt is um, not... Uh, <laughs> is not anything we should be concerned about. Um, You know, God always sees my perfection, and he isn't aware of... I mean, he might see me tossing and turning in my sleep, but, um, you know, there's nothing to feel guilty about. And I like also that um, uh, Jesus tells us that the strongest impulse for miracles is just below the conscious level. 
And, of course, that's also the place where we can choose wrongly. Um, you know, but uh, it's what I fill it with. And my thoughts, I think, for with God, um, that's usually, although we do have conversations, but for, mo- for the most part, it's a listening mode because um, it has nothing to do with my the thought system of the ego. The thought system of the ego only contains thoughts of the past. So if I want to hear um, the thoughts I think with God, um, because I'm in his mind and his thoughts are the only thoughts I could possibly have, you know, I'm in his mind, so naturally I would have, I would share his thoughts. So it's it's not something that I have to learn to do. It's just something that I have to bring my focus and attention to and in stillness of mind. Um, you know, that's a non-thinking mode. In stillness of mind, I can hear um, his guidance through Holy Spirit, um, but it's not something I need to engage in. I'm just the recipient of the thoughts I think with God. So the, those things kind of stood out for me today in in the reading. And there was one other one, which I can't remember now, um, but maybe later in the call. I'm complete. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Lana. And Ida, I see you're back. Yes, well, I'm back. Oh, thank, thanks, Lana. Especially, I didn't catch everything you said, but when I came in, you were just starting about talking about feeling guilty and why we don't need to do that because God uh, God sees us as innocent and sinless and I really appreciate all that. It's it's not like I haven't heard that before because I have, but it's different if you have if you're actually in the feeling and somebody speaks and it speaks to you directly to what you're feeling at that moment. You know what I mean? And um I uh I think um what I was saying before was that I was in so much fear that, um, or anxiety this morning that, and this never really happened before. I, I um, to go get the phone to get on the other call, I had to come out from the bedroom to the living room, which is not very far. It's a very small apartment to get unplug it from the charger, and I was afraid to walk out of the room away from my boyfriend off the bed and to go get, even go get the phone. That's how bad it was until I made myself do it, and I went through some anxious moments and was was here in the living room and, you know, felt like, you know, nothing really bad happened to me by walking in here, you know. I mean, that's just an example of how bad it was, and but I'm, you know, feeling better now, and I'm glad I heard what I heard so far as the discussion and look forward to hearing more discussion about all this uh, in the next part of the call. Um, and thanks for speaking up, Mindy, and, and in all to, um, to let me know that you couldn't hear me very well. I really appreciate that. And uh, thanks. I'm complete. Well, thank you, Ida, for heeding the call rather than and I don't mean the phone call, <laughs> but the call to join rather than just saying you're here. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
This is Patricia with a, a question. Is this the after-call period or the recorded uh, study period? Thank you. Um, yeah, we're we're still ten minutes before the second stop of the hour where we select the report. <laughs> so we're still on the recording. I don't know if it'll, well, I'll just go ahead, pulled my voice out and uh, unmuted myself. So that's beautiful, deep. It's like I'm living right inside the same story that Fran, Laurie, and all of you right now, the one that was willing to hang up and walk through the fear and call again. It's like that's a part of me, so much me. And I'm so grateful to be here and share this. You know, when I I told the story of, well, then how do I take action in a world uh, that is Christ only being the doer? And I gave you the story of the mailbox that was looking like all corroded and in not look at it as an error. And then in this example here where there were so many things after eight years that I'll tell you were um, life-threatening down the end of that road. And so this humble beauty of truth that is pouring out of all of us this morning, I'll tell you, I got this two guidances. One is, The eternal touch sits in silence and and says, I do not know. Trust yourself. I know God loves you. Eternal presence sits in silence, whether comfortable or not. She sits in silence and does not address all the life-threatening things down that road. I did not expect eight years later, thinking it was for me to save, full of guilt because I had left them for eight years. No. You let that guilt float by. That story, Patricia. You sit in silence and you look at one thing in the curriculum for these first 50 days. Day four, these beginnings go to the beginning every time and only do what will show something in front of you that has always been perfect. And so they gave me the mailbox. And I know I sound childish and comical at times, but it's grueling to be and heroic, I'm going to say, for all of us to hold silence and say to trust yourself when others have problems. Be the silent presence and go find a mailbox or some popcorn to put on the table. 
something to do that highlights what has always been perfect under the story. We are the glory of this silence. God loves you. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. No, it was pretty crazy because this morning, too, my close people, like, I asked at five, pretty early for him, but I asked my boyfriend if he would wake up and, and engage with me because I was feeling anxious, and he said no. <laughs> when he was still mostly asleep, he said, he heard me, and he said no, and and then what can I do, you know? And so I was calling different people and I was texting. I texted my brother, who we haven't talked for a while, but I thought it was all patched up recently. Um, Google checks he sent me and, and all. But I asked him if he would call or check me because I was feeling real anxious. And I didn't hear from him in a couple of minutes, so I moved on to other things and people. And, but then, like, you know, an hour later, I saw the text that he sent back. It was one word. It was no, with capital letters and exclamation point. And these people were doing things, and I was feeling guilty. You know, but the thing about that is I could feel guilty. I mean, maybe because I, no, I don't think it's all that. I think it's just that the basic thing that somehow got triggered that when we feel that we usurped God took the power of God away or something and separate ourselves from God and separate ourselves from everybody else or all the rest of the Son of God that we're, we're all really one. And somehow we know that. So it's when we feel like we've done something to God, I mean, it's hiding. I mean, it's like uh, underneath what we're doing with other people and the little things that go back and forth about that you said this or you said that or they, they said this or that or whatever. It's just a it's just a game. It's just a game I was playing in a way that was like somehow I couldn't bring myself to face God, you know, the one, the only, and um, but with your help, I remembered that God is good and my God is love, and and I haven't done anything to hurt God or. And God sees me as totally innocent that I never did anything to hurt another aspect of the Son of God, which I am. Um, so that's what we all need to remember whenever we feel that way. Anxious, guilty, stuff like that. Like there was, you know, Mana was saying before that, that we all need to remember that. and We can all help each other. Just I think that that one little conversation I had with my neighbor, even though she was talking kind of crazy, you know, just connecting with another person, no matter what they, almost what they have to say, you know, really helps. And that's a good thing to remember, too, because our own neighbors, friends, or 
relatives or anybody or people on the call or whatever might need to connect with you and or me, and we can all remember that. Um, God bless us all. Thanks. Thank you, Ida. Yes, thank you, Ida. Good reminder, Ida. Thank you. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning, LeMoyne. Good morning, everybody. I'm at the airport, and the lady next to me is sleeping, so I won't be commenting. But I love you all, and I'm glad to hear your voices and your wisdom. I'm complete. Thank you, Wendy. Great to hear anything from you, too, my dear. (laughs) Thank you, Wendy. Good morning. Good morning. Well, this is Lemoyne, and we have reached the top of the hour. And uh, I I got guided to to the song to offer as a close, and. And I'll just read the lyrics to it. And uh, um, four four stanzas, two of which are the chorus. And and the song is called "I Could Be Anything." And here we go. Break me in. Don't break me down, swimming in these empty towns. I wonder if it's all some master plan. Diving into sweeter bliss, falling further before we miss. Taste the taste before it's gone and you're too late. Won't change what I am to find who you are. Can't Stay in these lines when I'm bursting at the seam. My body might collapse if I carry one more dream. If I carry one more dream, I could be anything. 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 
dipping out beyond the night, reeling in the quieter time, savoring all the flavors of my mind, reflecting on the lessons learned, the broken bonds and the broken bonds and bridges burned. Take the taste of hate and throw it away. Can't change what I am to find who you are. Can't stand these lines when I'm bursting at the scene. My body might collapse if I carry one more dream, but if I carry one more dream, I could be anything and and keep. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Lemoyne. Oh, thank you, Lemoyne. That was lovely. Yes, it was. Thank you so much, Lemoyne, for who you are and what you do. Thanks, Lemoyne. For helping. Oh, you're welcome.